Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Lahul Hamdul Hasan Wathanaul Jameel Wachadu Allah ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Yaqulul haqqa wahuwa yahdi sabil Wachadu anna sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa attabi'ina lahum bihsanin ila yawmiddin amma ba'd In the introduction to the science we already we spoke about the definition of al-qawaid al-fiqhiyya we also spoke about the benefits of studying studying qawaid al-fiqhiyya where is qawaid al-fiqhiyya rooted from and where is it taken from we've spoken about that today we're going to be taking the second class on al-qawaid al-fiqhiyya and how do I plan to go through? How do I plan to go through this, inshallah ta'ala? I hope to go through this, inshallah ta'ala, in the following stages, I mean, in the following points. First of all, I'm going to be just talking about Nash'atul Qawa'id al Fiqiyah. How did Qawa'id al Fiqiyah start? The history of Al Qawa'id al Fiqiyah, legal maxims. How did they start? We'll also be talking about how was it documented, how was it recorded, how was it documented, how was it written. We're going to talk about how it evolved over time. And the way that I want to speak about it is number one, the era of legislation. And I said that this era is Asrul Rasuli when the messenger was present. He was alive at the Prophet's time. Kiram and his honorable companions. We're going to talk about Qawaid al Fiqiya at that time. And let me speak about it now. Nabilahi Muhammad was given something that the previous prophets didn't have. What was Nabilahi Muhammad given? He was given that which the previous prophets weren't given. And what is that, brothers? And he, he himself said it. وَأُوتِيتُ I was given جَوَامِعِ الْكَلِمِ Comprehensive speech. قَوَعِدُ الْفِقِيَةِ Comprehensive speech means I say words which are very little. قَلِيلَةُ الْمَبَانِ عَظِيمَةُ الْمَعَانِ the construction of my words are very little. But the meaning that you can take out of it, very vast, it's big. Are we all together? So he وسلم, he said, I was given Jawami'il Kalim, the comprehensive speech. What does it mean, Jawami'il Kalim? It means Qalilatul Mabani. The construction, the words that are used, the letters, the words are very little. Like in Azimatul Ma'ani, the meaning that is in it is vast. So Nabi Muhammad was placing Qawaid principles. For example, I'll give you some examples of some Qawaid that the Messenger said, and my statements that the Messenger said that became Qawaid. For example, when he said,
For example, when he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Yameenu Ala Man Ankar. Al-Yameenu Ala Man Ankar. I'll explain what it means. He also said, Al-Bayyinatu Ala Al-Muddai. The one who accuses a person of something, he needs to bring the evidence. Are you accusing this person of something? Okay, bring your evidence. Because the asal is that this person is innocent. This person is innocent. You want to accuse him of theft. You want to accuse him of lying. You want to accuse him of cheating. Bring your evidence. Bring your evidence. That's where the Prophet said, Al-Bayyinatu ala al-Mudda'i. Qa'idah. Became a principle. It became a principle. He also said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Wal-Yameenu ala man ankar. The one who's been accused, he doesn't have to bring proof. Proof is not upon him. He just has to swear by Allah, this is not the truth. Are we all together? This is qawa'id that the messenger placed. Al-kharaju bil-daman innama al-a'malu bil-niyatan. All of these became principles which we will see inshaAllah ta'ala. So when Nabiullah Muhammad was alive, there he was talking to his companions and there he was using sallallahu alayhi wa sallam legal maxims. His sahaba were the same. They were also saying qawaid. Like Umar radiallahu anhu when he said ذَلِكَ مَا قَضَيْنَاهُ He said He said هَذِهِ النَّقْضِي بِهِ This is what we're going to judge based on it. وَذَلِكَ And that is what we were already judged with. This became a principle. That the ijtihad can change from time to time, places to places. The sahabas were saying things. Qawaid was brought out of it. That the scholars used. When the sahabas, and I want you to remember something brothers. These noble people, Nabilahi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, without a doubt. And his noble companions, they were the salaf of the ummah. They were the pious predecessors, right? If you look at the salaf, you realize they spoke very little. Their words were very little. They didn't talk too much. Nowadays, a person is considered to be eloquent because he talks too much. Are we all together? He writes volumes of books. So he's, he's, a, he's a scholar, he's a master, he's an imam. But true, the truth was that they used to speak very little. Well, you know the famous hadith of the Prophet the fiqh of a man. The Prophet said, what really shows a man's fiqh is that his khutbah is very short and his salah is very long. The Friday sermon, when he does it, his khutbah is what? Short. His khutbah is very short. And his salah is what? It shows you this person's words, they're concise and to the point. It's very important that we understand that. And the salah is long. The salah is what? It is long. So Asr al-Tashri' the legislation was coming down, the Sahabas and the Messenger sallallahu was being used. Then came 
these qawa'id asr al-tadween the second stage came the second stage was asr al-tadween it was now being written down it was now being written down these qawa'id were being written down this was the time of the ahdul a'immah al-arba'a the four imams imam abu hanifa imam malik imam shafi'i and Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. وَكِبَارُ تَلَامِيذِهِمْ And also their senior students at this time. It's called Asr al-Tadween. It was all being written. These qawaid were being written. Are we all together? I'll give you an example. There's a famous qa'idah that Imam al-Shafi'i gave. You all know the famous hadith that al-Hadith ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu where the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, لَا يَخْلُوَنَّ رَجُلٌ بِمْرَأَةٍ إِلَّا مَعَذِي مَحْرَمٍ A man should not be alone with a woman without her guardian. وَلَا تُسَافِرِ الْمَرْأَةِ And a woman should not travel. A woman should not travel except with a mahram. So a woman should not be alone with a man by herself in a room without a mahram. And a woman should not travel by herself. So a man who was sitting in the Prophet's gathering, he said, Ya Rasulullah, in Namraati, my wife, kharajat, kharajat, she has left for Hajj. My wife, she left for what? She left for Hajj. And I was written down to be part of an army that was going to jihad. And I have been written down for a battle, for a jihad. The Messenger وسلم, he goes to him, go after your wife and be with her. Meaning, go and do hajj with your wife. Don't let her do it by herself. Question here. Did the Messenger ask this man what hajj his wife was doing? Because there's a possibility that the woman could have been doing an obligatory hajj. That was, that's possible, right? Huh? Could have been obligatory hajj. And it could also have been what? A voluntary hajj. The fact that the messenger did not ask and he didn't question what type of hajj it was, it shows that a woman cannot travel by herself regardless of what the hajj is. Even if it's an obligatory hajj. This then pushes away what? The view of scholars who say that a woman can go hajj without a mahram. Qa'idah came out of here by Imam al-Shafi'i, which Sahib al-Maraqi... Abdullah ibn Hajj al-Shinqiti mentions in his kitab Maraqi al-Su'ud He said Nabiullah Muhammad did not ask this companion what was the reason why your wife was going to Hajj? 
Is it voluntary or is it obligatory? He never asked. The fact that the messenger did not ask, it shows that it encompasses what? Both. Here a qa'idah was taken out of it by Imam Shafi'i, which is when the messenger does not question something, he doesn't do istifsar. He goes, what's the reason? Why? He doesn't do that. Then we take it general. It encompasses all of that. Sah? And there's many ahadith, qawaid. Principles started to come. Imam Shafi'i also has a qa'idah that he made, or he, came, he brought out the Quran and the Sunnah, he's bringing it from. La yunsabu li sakitin qawl. A person who is silent, a speech cannot be attributed to him. A person who is silent, a speech cannot be attributed to him just because he's silent. Are we all together, brothers? Qawaid. These imams were bringing qawaid. There's a kitab written, it's called Al Qawaid wa Dawabid Principles that are present in the kitab al-um by imam shafi'i there's a man by the name of i think it's called al-khalil ahmed or ahmed khalil i don't know which which one's which but he wrote a 900 page book thick this thick and it was a risala jami'iyah it was a thesis that he put forward I don't remember whether it was doctorat or magister. If it was a master's, master's thesis or a, a PhD thesis that he was doing. But he submitted it. And you know what he did? He went to the Kitab al-Um by Imam Shafi'i and he brought out of it all of the qawaid, all of the qawaid al-fiqhiyah in there. So these scholars, they were saying qawaid in their books. After these, these two stages came Asr al-Rusuhi wa-Tansiq. Now, Qawaid al-Fiqiyah became a subject that stood by itself. To this point, it's not a subject by itself. It's inside books. It's the statements of the messenger here and there. Like in here, it became an independent subject that stands by itself, that has a definition. This was the time after the Fuqaha al Madhab. They came after. And the first person to have written this was Abu al Hassan al Karhi. Abu al Hassan al Karhi, who died in 200. 40 Hijriya, I think. 240 Hijriya. He was the first one to write it, and he was a Hanafi. He was a what? Hanafi. And then the Hanafiya were the first people to write Qawaid al Fiqiyah. Shafi'iyah, they say, no, we did it, it was awesome, you took it. No, but the truth is, Al Qawaid al Fiqiyah came from who? The Ahnaf. He wrote it, he called it, um, it's called Usulul Kharq, Usulul Karhi. It's called what? Usulul Karhi. That's the first. After him came 
أبو زيد الدبوسي أبو زيد الدبوسي He has a kitab called Ta'sisun Nadar He has a kitab called Ta'sisun Nadar Abu Zayd al-Dabusi Am I making sense here? Does everyone understand? Abu Zayd al-Dabusi came and he wrote the kitab Ta'sisun Nadar Again, he's a He is a Hanafi He is a He's a Hanafi what, day, what year did I say Abu Hassan al-Karhi died? Sorry, it was 340. Abu Zayd al-Dabusi wrote the kitab Ta'sisun Nadar. And then came Al-Imam Al-Izz ibn Abdi Salam, Sultan al-Ulama, he was called. He died in the year 660. Abu Al-Imam Al-Izz ibn Abdi Salam He was called Sultan Al-Ulama That was his nickname Al-Izz ibn Abdi Salam Al-Izz Al-Izz ibn Abdi Salam Al-Izz ibn Abdi Salam Has a very, very amazing story Qissatu ajeeba jiddan His story is amazing A strange story he has Yeah You know the the leaders of Egypt at that time, Al-Izz ibn Abdi Salam, he took the leaders to the market and he sold them. Al-Izz ibn Abdi Salam. The athar and the strength he had. The, slave, the leaders of that time, he said that he went to them and he said to them, your forefathers were slaves. La shak. We don't know historically where they were freed. To leave the shubha, the doubt let, let me take you to the market Sell you And then we free you then And you can go back to your palaces if you want to And he did that to them They opened an alcohol shop in Egypt A khamar place was opened He knocked on the door of the leader The, the door opened And he said, what is this khamar place open? The leader said, wallahi, I didn't know I was unaware of it I promise it will be shut down now. He said it will make sure it's shut down this minute, this minute. Get it shut. So they called him Sultan al-Ulama. Al-Izm al-Salam. Qasatu Ajiba has a very long story. Try to read his life, inshallah ta'ala. Ala kulli hal al-Izm al-Salam has a kitab called Qawaid al-Ahkam fi masalih al-Anam. He has a kitab called He has a kitab called Qawaid al-Ahkam and many of the people who came after Al-Izm Abdi Salam, they, they followed him. A lot of people, they followed him. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Each book, we can talk about it in many details, but we'll leave it there. We'll stop there. So how many scholars did we mention that wrote? Three books, inshallah. Those are the three that you should just remember for now, okay? Those are the early ones. The first one was Abu Hassan Al-Karqi's Kitab, uh, the kitab he wrote, which is known as Usul al-Karhi. Then Abu Zayd al-Dabusi came, and then Abu Zayd al-Dabusi wrote Ta'sis al-Nadar. Ta'sis al-Nadar got responded by, it got refuted. This is where the war started. Between who? The Shafi'iyah and the Hanafiyah. Ta'sis al-Nadar, Abu Mudafr al-Sam'ani's kitab Qawatu al-Adillah, is a response to Ta'sis al-Nadar. 
He's responding back to it. Because Abu Mudaffar Sam'ani was a Hanafi for I think 30 years and 20 years he was a Shafi'i. So he knew the ins and the outs of the Hanafiya. 30 years of being a Hanafi. He knows everything about them. And then 20 years he became a Shafi'i. So he responded back to the qawa'id and the principles that were, win, that were within Ta'asisu Nadar by Abu Zayd al-Dabusi. Now we're going to go to insha'Allah ta'ala bi'idhnillah al-kareem how I said here وَإِذَا نَظَرَ الْإِنسَانُ فِي كُتُبِ الْمُؤَلَّفَةِ فِي الْقَوَاعِدِ الْفِقِيَةِ يُمْكِنُهُ أَنْ يُقَسِّمَ تِلْكَ الْمُؤَلَّفَاتِ إِلَى تَقْسِيمَاتِ If you look at the books of قَوَاعِدِ الْفِقِيَةِ that are written in قَوَاعِدِ الْفِقِيَةِ you can categorize them in these two ways. Okay? Just to give you an overview insha'Allah ta'ala. The first one is تَقْسِيمُ الْمُؤَلَّفَاتِ فِي الْقَوَاعِدِ الْفِقِيَ the books of Al-Qawaid Al-Fiqiyah in terms of in terms of the naming that was given to it or the title of the book so the first categorization of Al-Qawaid Al-Fiqiyah is in terms of its titling and in terms of its naming these are the three names that were given to it Al-Qawaid Al-Fiqiyah the first one is Al-Ashbah wa Nadair. We're going to talk about that inshallah ta'ala soon. Not this lesson, but another lesson. This is if you hear the, a book called Al-Ashbah wa Nadair, what do you what do you, what should you know? What should you know? It's a Qawaid al-Fiqiya book. That's one of the names that's given to it. The scholars that read a kitab called Al-Ashbah wa Nadair is Jalaluddin al-Suwuti. After Jalaluddin al-Suyuti came Ibn Nujayim al-Hanafi. Ibn Nujayim al-Hanafi's Kitab al-Ashba' wal-Nadair is... There's two. I just mentioned. Al-Suyuti. And who? Ibn Nujayim al-Hanafi. Ibn Nujayim al-Hanafi came after Suyuti. He benefited from Suyuti's one and he wrote it according to the Hanafi Madhab. Al-Ashba' wal-Nadair. Um, have you guys heard of the Kitab Al-Fara'id Al-Bahiyya by Al-Ahdal? Ha. The Kitab Al-Fara'id Al-Bahiyya is a poetry of which book? Al-Ashbah wa Nadair of Suyuti. Al-Ahdal came, he read the Kitab Al-Ashbah wa Nadair by Jalaluddin Al-Suyuti and he made poetry out of it. Anyways, that's the first name that's given to it, Al-Ashbah wa Nadair. The second one is Al-Furuq. The second name that's given to Qawaid al-Fiqiyah is called Al-Furuq. Al-Furuq. What does Al-Furuq mean? We'll talk about it some other time. I will speak about it, don't worry. The second name is given to is Al-Furuq. The most well-known book in Al-Furuq, that name is Al-Qarafi al-Maliki rahimahullah. Al-Imam Al-Qarafi, Al-Qarafi the Maliki scholar, he has a kitab called Al-Furuq. He has a kitab called Al-Furuq. Also, Abi Muhammad Al-Juwaini. Does anyone know who that person is? Abi Muhammad Al-Juwaini. Yeah? Jazakallah khairan. Abi Ma'ali Al-Juwaini, the author of Al-Waraqat. His father. 
His father has a kitab called Al-Furuq. Remember, Abi Ali al-Juaini's father is more senior than him in knowledge, in the Shafi'i madhab. The author of Al-Waraqat, his father, Abu Muhammad al-Juaini, is considered to be from the Ashab al-Wujuh. Ashab al-Wujuh is a high title. They have a view, they have their own way. Abi Ali al-Juaini's father is greater. The third name that is given is um, Al-Qawaid. Some scholars they call it Al-Qawaid. And the, most, the two most well-known books is the Al-Qawaid written by Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali. And this is for the Hanbalis. They, 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 they read that. And they benefit from it. The Hanabila. Al-Qawaid by Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali. is very beneficial. The second one, if you're a Shafi'i, that you need to look at is, it's called Al-Majmu' Al-Mudhab Fi Qawa'id Al-Madhab And it's written by Salahuddin Al-Kaykaldi Al-Alai Rahimahullah He's known as Al-Alai Rahimahullah Al-Kaykaldi His kitab called Al-Majmu' Al-Mudhab Al-Majmu' Al-Mudhab Fi Qawa'id Al-Madhab I used to have the old copy of that book it was two volumes, very bad, terrible publication. So many mistakes, like 10 pages was the same. It's the same page. You're turning it over. 10 pages with exactly the same copy. Alhamdulillah, Wizaratul Awqaf wa Shu'un al-Islamiyah in Kuwait, they published it. It came out, it's, it's good now, it's good. It's all right. Now it's all right. I don't know why, is it because it's Shafi'i? People don't want to give a lot of love to it, take care of it. If it was Hanbali, it would be taken care of, yeah? Yeah? Saudi government would take care of it. But if it's Shafi'i, no one takes care of it. Ala kulli hal, these two great Imams, wallahi, their, their qawaid is amazing. Ibn Rajab, it's really known and everybody, they know it. The best publication so far that I've seen, I haven't seen any other publication yet. They might be better, but the one I've stood over, with its mistakes as well, there's mistakes in there, is, is the tahqiq of Sheikh Mashur, Hassan Ali Salman, Abu Ubaidah, Mashur Hassan. There's still mistakes in there though. Very good mistakes in there as well. Sah? And I don't know any other publication other than that. As for the qawaid, al-majmu'u al-mudhab fi qawaid al-madhab, I told you the, the, the Kuwait one is good. Al-Ala'i, many people's one, they don't know about it. I mean, they don't read it. Like in his one is really, it shows you the knowledge of this man. That he's good at fiqh, and qawaid al-fiqiyya, and he's an imam in, 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 what do you call it, in, in hadith. He's an imam in hadith. Anyways, those are the ones. Now we're going to go into taqseem al-mu'allafati bihasib tartib al-qawaid. The second categorization is, Dividing the books in the, in the sequence of the qawaid. In other words, they authored the qawaid madhab books based on, the, based on a sequence. Each one chose whichever sequence they wanted. I mentioned three here. But they did it based on order. The first ones, 
they did it based on ahmiyatuha wa shumuliha. They said, we're going to start with the most general one and then we're going to make our way down. And that's exactly what Jalaluddin al-Suyuti did in his kitab Al-Ashbah wa Nadair, which I mentioned here. The kitab Al-Ashbah wa Nadair, what does it first start with? He starts with the qawa'id al-khamsat al-kubra al-kulliyat al-kubra the five unanimously agreed upon legal maxims which we're going to take one of it today inshallah ta'ala which is al-umur bi maqasidiha hayya who knows the next the five all of the madahibs all, all, all of them unanimously agree upon it suyuti started with that one first hayya who knows what it is al-umur bi maqasidiha hayya al-yaqinu la yazulu bi shak الضرر يزال العادة محكمة who knows the fifth one المشقة تجلب التيسير right those are the five legal maxims that all the madhabs agree upon we'll take each one one after the other inshallah ta'ala so some of them that's what they started with the second one is بحسب الحروف الأولى alphabetical order they did it based on Alphabetical order. So they said we're going to start with the alphabets and how the alphabets is. And this is what Zarkashi did. Zarkashi, this is what he did, Rahimahullah. In his kitab Al Manthur. Zarkashi has a kitab called Al Manthur. Al Manthur. This is alphabetical order. Zarkashi, right? Badruddin Zarkashi. And the third one is based on fiqh. So they start from Tahara, Salah, Zakah, Saum. The Qawaid is based upon based on a fiqhi chaptering. That's how the Qawaid is written. It's in that order. And the person who did that is Ibn Rajab al Hambali. In his kitab, Taqreer al-Qawaid wa Tahreer al-Fawaid is called. Are we all together? Ibn Rajab's one is Ala al-Abwaab al-Fiqiyah. It's based on Fiqi. So he starts with Tahara, and then Salah, wa hakadha. We finish now. Quickly. How Qawaid al-Fiqiyah started and how it evolved. And the books that were written in it. I want to go over, inshallah ta'ala, at the end. At the end, I want to go over. So I want to go over now one of the five legal maxims. We're now going to go into one of the legal maxims. And the first one is Al-Umuru bi maqasidiha. Al-Umuru bi maqasidiha is the first one that we're going to start with. What does it mean, Al-Umuru bi maqasidiha? We'll take it here, inshallah ta'ala. But first, I want you to know we're going to do four things here. How many things? Four things. The first one is ma'naha. What does Al-Umuru bi maqasidiha mean? What's the meaning for it? Number two, daliluha. What's the evidence for this qa'ida? What's the evidence for this principle, for this uh, legal maxim? 
Number three, some issues related to intention. And four, al-qawaid al-mundarijah. Other legal maxims that fall under this one. Those are the four, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to take. Let's start with the definition and the meaning of what? Of al-umuru bi maqasidiha. Al-umuru bi maqasidiha, what it means is, ahkamul aqwali wal af'ali mabniyatun ala niyat. Speech and action are all built upon intention. That's what this qa'idah means. That's the meaning of this qa'idah. Your speech and your actions are built upon a niyat intention. What are they built upon? A niyat intention. It's built upon. Alan niyat is built upon intention. We'll expand on that very. But that's what the qa'idah means. Does everyone understand that? What's the evidence for that? That every speech and every action is based upon what is intended from it. What is, where's the evidence for that? There are many evidences. This is the only one we've chosen to sh- mention. But this is not the only. Many, many more. Is the famous hadith of Umar. Verily, every action is what is in. It is what, what is intended from it. Every action is what is intended from it. I just want you to remember, as a side benefit, it is best not to say al-umuru bimaqasidiha. This wording, there's issues in there. It's not the best wording. But we're only mentioning it because the scholars of Qawaid al-Fiqhiyah mention it and you're now at the beginning stage so you don't need to learn why this should be avoided or not. In the future, we'll mention it inshallah ta'ala when you become advanced. The evidence for this principle is that verily every action is based on their intention. Okay. Masail and niyyah. Matters related to intention now. And then this qa'idah is talking about intention. It's talking about intention. We're going to now take masail, issues. Related to intention. And I've chosen five things that we need to speak about. First of all, what's its benefit of learning about intention? What benefit is in there? What's benefit? It depends on who is, is looking at the benefit. If it's been looked at by fuqaha, according to the fuqaha, the jurists then it has two benefits for them. How many benefits does it have for the fuqaha? The fuqaha, it has two benefits for them. In other words, when the fuqaha speak about intention, they have a reason behind it. There's a purpose in why they are saying it. Focus with me here, okay? It's very important that you focus. The intention is two types. How many types? The intention is two types. The first one is called Qasdul Ibadah. And the second one is Qasdul Ma'bud. 
Qasdul ibadah and qasdul ma'bud. What does that mean? Qasdul ibadah means you are intending this ibadah. Okay, what does that mean? It means I came into the masjid. I want to pray the two rak'ah before fajr. And the fajr itself, you have to distinguish it based on intention. Because this is two, this is two, you pray it the same way. True or false? You pray the two rak'ah before fajr and fajr, you pray it the same, correct? What's the difference between both of them? Distinguishing one ibadah from another ibadah. The two rak'ah before fajr and the fajr itself, what do you do? You need to distinguish one from the other. This is called qasdul ibadah. The second way of qasdul ibadah is what? Let's just say we're all of the opinion. Let's just say that we're all of the opinion. Okay, just for the sake of the class. Let's just say we're all of the opinion that ghuslul jum'ah is wajib. The ghusl for Friday is obligatory. Let's say we all take that opinion. Huh? Are we all together, brothers? To do ghusl, to shower on Friday, let's just say we are all of the opinion that is obligatory. And that we take the hadith of the Prophet where he said, ghuslul jum'ati wajibun. That the ghusl of jum'ah is wajib on every muhtalim and muhtalam and anyone who's reached age of puberty. Anyways, the point is, Someone has a norms. This is their norms. It's their adah. Every morning they shower. Hakada. They don't go out of the house unless they shower. Jum'ah. And his normal shower. How do you distinguish one from the other? It's not ibadah. His shower is not ibadah. It's norms. It's adah. He has to distinguish the ibadah from the adah. Tamizul ibadati anil adat. This is called, these two are called what? Qasdul ibadah. Does that make sense? And qasdul ibadah, who talk about it all the time? The fuqaha. All day what they're talking about is qasdul ibadah. Lakin inda ulama'i tazkiyah. When I say ulama'i tazkiyah, I mean the scholars of aqidah. The scholars who talk about softening the hearts. When they talk about this issue of al-umuru bimaqasidiha, they're talking about it from the angle of qasdil ma'bud. Who are you doing this action for? Who are you even praying for in the first place? Does that make sense? Huh? It's called qasd al-ma'bud. Who are you intending to worship when you pray dhuhr? Who are you praying for? This is the one they call al-ikhlas. What is it called? It's called al-ikhlas, sincerity. Who are you doing it for? Allah Azza wa Jalla, right? قُلْ إِنِّي أُمِرْتُ أَنَا عَبُدَ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصًا لَهُ الدِّينَ وَأُمِرْتُ أَنَا أَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُ الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ صح؟ Ikhlas. This is the one, tamyizul maqsoodi bil amal. Who are you doing this action for? Who are you praying for? Who are you fasting in the month of Ramadan for? In this month, who are you fasting for? Who are you doing this? 
listen, some of the scholars, they mentioned and they pointed out generally all of the ibadat people can show off. But can you show off in fasting? Close. Huh? Can you show off on fasting? Can, can someone show off on fasting? No, because no one knows you're fasting. You're just claiming you're fasting. So, you're telling me you're fasting. And for you to not eat when no one can see you, that's why the Prophet said, Allah said, فَإِنَّهُ لِي وَأَنَا أَجْزِي بِهِ Fasting is mine and I'm the one who rewards it. That's why Allah Azza wa said it. Because there's, there's the, the tap water running. You can go and you can, you can put your hand and drink it. It's nice and cold. Sah? Your little brothers and sisters are eating their little burger and they're eating their little rice and sah? And their little dal. And you want to eat, you're so hungry. You don't eat it. Ala kulli hal, that's tamyuzul maqsoodi bil amal. Walidharika, go to the hadith of Inna mal a'malu binyat, written by who? Ibn Rajab, the sharah of Ibn Rajab, al-Hanbali. He has a nice explanation on the hadith Inna mal a'malu binyat. And he goes in great details regarding this. Okay. What about what about the intention? What's, what's its ruling? Do I have to come with intention for everything? Ah, no. It's two types. There are things where intention is, a, is, a, is, an, is needed. It's a condition. It's a prerequisite. You have to have intention. And there are two things. Any ibadah that you want to do, you have to have intention. There are some ibadat which are differed upon. There are some ibadat which are which are differed upon. Like al-wudu. Do you need intention for al-wudu? Things like that, some scholars, they differ. There's a niqash and a discussion regarding it. We won't go into what is right or not. Like in al-ibadat, generally ibadat, you need an intention. What intention are we talking about? We're talking about indal fuqaha. We're not talking about this one, okay? We're not talking about ikhlas here. We're talking about this first type, right? Which is qasdul ibadah. Are we all together? So any ibadah you want to do, you have to have an intention. The second one is al-fadul kinayat. Ooh, what does that mean? Terms which are not clear. For example, a man says to his wife, you're free to go. You are free to go. That's a kinaya. What does he mean you're free to go? Does he mean you're divorced? What does he mean you can go to your mom's house now? It's a kinaya. It doesn't, it's not direct of what he said. Intention is needed here. Does that make sense? So we ask him, what's your intention? What did you mean by that? Honey, man, I just wanted her to leave me alone. I didn't want her to st- keep standing in front of me. Are we all together? 
This one is called Al-Fadl Kinayat, intention is needed. Whatever he tells us that he meant, we'll take that from him. Because that statement was what? Are we all together, brothers? But a brother calls you and says, Salaam alaikum. Is this Ustaz Abdurrahman? Yeah, yeah, it's me. What's the issue, brother? Is everything all right? Yeah, everything is all right. No, brother, everything is not all right. Hey, what's the issue? I said to my wife, I divorced you. Okay. And um, I want to know, did that divorce happen? Because wallahi, I didn't mean it. No, brother, I don't care about your intention. Intention doesn't matter to me. Did you use the word, I divorce you? Ha, ah, that's a laugh which is sarih. It's a statement which is clear intention is not needed. We all together, it comes here. A statement which is clear in the, I divorce you. If a man says that to his wife, 10 years if he tells me my intention was good. Wallahi, I never meant it like that. Or I was angry. What man divorces his wife happy? Which man smiles and divorces his wife? Have you ever seen, do you see that? Of course you're going to be angry when you divorce your wife. Are we all together brothers? So what we say is, if the statement is clear, the intention is not asked. And we don't want to know about your intention. We base on what we hear. Are we all together brothers? Keep that in mind. Also, what you don't need intention for is a turuk, things that you leave. If you leave something, you don't need an intention. For example, you don't have to have an intention to leave zina. No, you don't have to. Just leave it, no problem. All together? Turuk doesn't need it. Like in to do something, what does it need? It needs an intention. Are we all together, brothers? You don't have to have an intention not to steal. Now we're going to go into when does the intention happen? The intention happens at the beginning of the ibadah. Or even some time before it. Sometime, a short period of time of before it. That's when it happens. What are the things that corrupt the person's intention? Three things. If the person cuts his intention. If the person actually disconnects his intention. That breaks it. If a person is like, ooh, ooh, shall I break my fast or shall I not? Fasting is gone. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. The person in his head is like, shall I break it? No, I'm going to. Let me think about it. No, it's broken, it's broken. It's takes away your fasting. The person hasn't cut it, but he makes the decision, I'm going to cut it. He doesn't say, I cut it. My intention has changed. He said, Duhur comes, cut my intention. It's gone. The fasting is gone. Because Duhur fasting isn't going to be there. No, it's still Maghrib. Those three, they cut your intention. Your intention will go. Where does the intention happen from? Shafi'iyah, they say you have to say it. You pronounce the intention. They say all of that. That's bid'ah. Are we all together, brothers? 
Because the intention is what? It's in the heart. No one says, I'm going to go to the toilet, inshallah ta'ala, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. No one says that, right? Shafi'iyah believe that. No, no, not the other imams. No. Imam Shafi'i believe that. That's incorrect. That is what? Incorrect. Okay, now we're going to go into Al-Qawa'id Al-Mundarijah. What are the principles that fall under this Qa'idah? Is there any other legal maxims that fall under it? Ha. Two things. Let's start with the second one because it's easier and faster. Do you want to get rewarded? Reward only comes with an intention. If you want to get rewarded for something, then you have to come with an intention. If you haven't come with an intention, there is no reward. There is no? There is no reward. What does that mean? We're talking about things that you want to get rewarded for, that you don't necessarily have to come with intention for. Like for example, the mubahat. If a man, for example, provides for his wife, he sends, every month he's sending money to his wife. And this is money is for you. He's sending her back to India or here. That money you're sending for her, if you come with an intention that you're doing this because Allah commanded you, and this is a responsibility Allah put on you, and you're trying to get close to Allah by doing it, then you get rewarded for it. Are we all together, brothers? But if you don't, then you're losing reward from this. Because the hadith, what did it say? That your person gets rewarded, If you take a rice and a food from a plate, and you put that spoon in your wife's mouth, you get rewarded for that. But when do you get rewarded for it? When you come with an intention. There is no reward except with an intention. Does that make sense? Questions to the end, inshallah, just to the end. Let's go to this one, and this is going to be the last point, inshallah ta'ala. Al-ibratu fil uqudi lil maqasidi wal ma'ani la lil alfadi wal mabani. Pay attention here. What do we need to look at? Is the point of, of observation, the thing that is looked at, is it the wording? Or is it what the person intended? This is a qa'idah, very important qa'idah. Like for example, this qa'idah becomes clear when I give you a furu' a mas'ala that it goes under. A man said to another brother, I have gifted my car to you for 10,000 dirhams. Did you guys hear that? I have gifted my car to you for how much? 10,000 dirhams. The first part where he said gift, that's one form of transaction. And then he mentioned money, that's another transaction. What, has in, what is in each other now? Hiba, which is a gift, and a bay'ah, which is transaction, a buying and a selling. 
From the context we can see that the man was trying to sell his car But he used this word by accident Do we now look at the wordings that he used Or should we look at what he intended Does everyone here understand Al-ibratu fil-uqudi Lil-maqasidi wal-ma'ani La lil-alfadi wal-mabani Scholars here mentioned Scholars here they mentioned That what is looked at generally Except those exceptions There are exceptions here like For example if a man goes to another man And says Put, stick your hand out And he sticks his hands, hands out And he says Bi'tu I have sold And I want you guys to, I just, This is just an example okay Don't get upset with me okay But I have to bring this example Bi'tu I have sold to you my daughter for a hundred thousand dirhams, مثلاً. I have sold my daughter to you for how much? A hundred thousand dirhams. He used the word bi'tu. That's buying and selling. What was he meant to say? I'm marrying off my daughter for this. This is her dowry. He used the word bi'tu. Should we take the wording or should we, should we take the? What he intended The scholars they say this one is an exception Those who believe that we look at the person's intention generally But when it comes, when it comes to what? Marriage They say no We're not going to accept that term from him We're going to hold him account to what he just said Why? Because they said the a'rad The honor of people is a high level in the Sharia. Giving a woman out to a man, it has to be done correctly. No mistakes. Pay attention here. For you to accuse a person of zina, how many witnesses have to be found? Four. What about a qisas? If a person still stole something, Is it for witnesses that's needed? No. So the ird, the honor of the persons is being given a high level of a hand being cut. So they said, no, this one, this one has to be said correctly. We'll say, repeat it. You've said it all wrong. And Shafi'i are very strong on that one. But generally speaking, in transactions, are we all together? In transaction buying and selling, al ibrat fil uqudi lil maqasid wal maani la lil alfadi wal mabani. We don't look at the words that come out of a person's mouth. That was an accident, a slip of the tongue. They didn't intend to say that. Walidalik, because of this, because the wording is not the. Are we looking at the wording? Are we looking at the wording the person uses? What are we looking at? So if I go to a shop and I say to a brother. Not talking. I give him my phone. And he gives me a, a, a thousand dirhams I counted. I put it in my pocket and I leave. Is that correct? Huh? Yeah, it's bayah. You can do that, no problem. Why? Because the word doesn't matter. And what he says doesn't matter. We're not looking at that. What are we looking at that? What were we, what were we looking at? 
the intent, we can see the intent has been met. Both of them are happy. This one went and this one liked the phone and he left. Are we all together? And many, 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 many things fall under it. This is the first قواعد الخمسة الكبرى أما قاعدة الكلية الكبرى that we've taken for today inshallah ta'ala we were meant to take the other one which is اليقين لا يزول بالشك I think yeah we were meant to take that we won't take that we'll take that next week inshallah ta'ala and we'll take the other remaining four inshallah ta'ala next week um but now we'll stop there inshallah ta'ala anything that was wrong or incorrect is from me as shaytan and Allah and his messenger are free from it subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illallah astaghfiruk wa atubu ilayh any question? Sahih, very good question. The only act which is needed intention every single day is fasting of Ramadan. Ramadan needs intention every day. It's not enough to have it the first day of Ramadan when it's starting. Every day for Ramadan. For the 29 and the 30 days, you need to have intention based on hadith, anyone who doesn't have an intention the night before Ramadan, he has no fasting. Anything other than that, one time intention can do it for everything. Now, any other questions? Turuk. Ah. Turuk. Turuk means a tarq. Things that you leave. Like for example, staying away from zina. You don't need intention for that. Uh, turuk don't need intention. Lying, cheating, anything. Staying away from that, right? The fuqaha, they talk about everything. Which one is better? The person whose zina never came to his mind and he never thought about it or the one who came to his mind and he fights against it, which one is better? The one who never comes to his mind. Yeah. The one who comes to his mind and then he fights it. It's better the one who doesn't, it doesn't come to his mind at all. Okay, what's the evidence for that? Huh? You guys research, inshallah. Ta'ala. Yeah? Good argument.
فمن هم بسيئتي فلم يعملها So when, when I say that the person thought about this sin What about if the person wanted to do zina? It came to their heart, came to their mind They got ready They prepared themselves for it They got the taxi ready Everything The taxi driver said I can't drive, it's iftar time Sorry He tried everything No taxi driver stopping for him And then he just went home and he said Okay, you know what, forget it Does he get rewarded for it? Huh? But he didn't do anything Huh? Brothers, I did something when I started the class. I gave the meaning and then what did I, what did I mention next? I mentioned? Ha. So what's the delil for what you guys are saying? Say that again. Let's say that he was stopped for some reason. He was stopped. He realized it. Is that called Toba? It's called Toba, right? Ha. But that's after he tried everything, he exerted every effort. So it's now he's repenting. Taib. You read on your tube. Ha. Yeah, Toba is open, Allah will forgive him. What about a person who doesn't do the sin? One, I told him he got up, he called the taxi and everything, it never worked. Mushkila. The other one, he's sitting here and he's just thinking about it. Wallahi, I wish. Tamanna. I wish I can do it. He's a lazy person. He can't be bothered to get taxi or anything, but he just loves the idea. It's like, Wallah, Allah. Hey, what about him? So the one hadith nafs are becoming Allah is protecting him. Allah is protecting him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's true. But he's still a sinner, right? Huh? Well, it's not another question. You see, Jim, you know the famous hadith. The Prophet said, "If the Muslims Two men are fighting. One is killed, and the other one he wins. The Prophet said, The one that killed and the one that was killed, both of them are in hellfire. Sahaba said, The one that killed, we understand why, but why the one that was killed? The Prophet said, He was 
also intending to kill his brother. He just wasn't good enough. He wasn't sharp. Huh? Did he do the action? What is he being held account for? He's been held account. Mm. So the, the action came. He's a taxi guy. He's a taxi guy, right? He wanted to go. So somebody here is watching a rapper on, online and he's like, wow, I wish I was a rapper like that. Wow, I wish I could sing like that. He hasn't done anything. Just yatamanna. He doesn't, he doesn't go and get the studio and he doesn't fix anything. He just watches everything. He's like, wow, this is what I want to be. This is me. He's talking to me. As the youngsters say, this issue of aniyah, Imam al-Shafi'i said, this hadith, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ It enters 70 chapters of fiqh. يَدْخُلُ سَبْعِينَ بَابًا مِنْ أَبْوَابِ الْفِقْرِ The biggest chapter, Allah. If you study this one, many issues are connected to intention. That's why I'm saying, if you take time for just the hadith, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ you just take the hadith and you read the sharah of Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali in the kitab Jami' Ulum al-Hikam. Wow. He wrote over 40 pages on it. And some scholars, they just wrote one volume on it. The issue of intention is big, big in the religion. Imagine... The Prophet ﷺ said to his companions, That you guys have not cut any valley. You have not cut any distance. He's saying to this, this is the battle of Tabuk. You guys have not cut any distance. Except that they are with you guys. The ones in Medina. Your brothers in Medina who didn't come to the fight. They are with you in the Ajr. Why? Why are people who are at home in Medina who are not walking, they're not going through the desert, they're not going through the heat, they're at home. They get the same reward as the Mujahideen who are going to the Battle of Tabuk. They wanted to come. They really, really wanted to come. Are we all together, brothers? Sahih, he gets a 
صحيح كركت جاست ريورد فور ات صحيح هي وان جيت سين فور ات نو داس ذا وان هو جيت سين فور ات صحيح If he says it, uh, as in like he, he gets, he gets, ha, he won't get punished for the sin because he hasn't done it. He gets the words that come out of his mouth is a punishment itself. He'll be account, held account for the words that he said. Ha, he does. The one who's walking towards the evil, it's like he did it. You all know the famous hadith. The Prophet said, he said, the Prophet said, he said, La qat'a illa fi rub'i dinarin fasa'idan. That the person's hand, when is it cut? When it reaches rub'u dinar and above. Sah? Rub'u dinar, one fourth of a dinar, right? That much and more is when the person's hands cut. If he steals less than that, then no one's going to cut his hand. But why did the Prophet say in the hadith, um, he said the Prophet said, Rajulun yasriqu baydan fatuqta'u yadu. A man steals an egg and then his hand is cut. And the egg is less than rub'u dinar. How do you reconcile between the two? He wanted to see more. Hey, yeah? The egg has more value than a rub'u dinar? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. This, the scholars, they said is, his hand is not cut for the egg. That's not what it means. It means that he will keep doing it and keep doing it. He won't stay to an egg. What would he finally do? He'll go to Rub'u Dinar. He'll go that far. I mean, no one just goes and robs a bank. First of all, he has to take his, his mum's chewing gum in her pocket and, you know, take little bit, 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 bits and bobs from the house is missing. Where's this gone? That's where he starts. Once he becomes a master in the house, then he goes out. Sah? So some of the scholars, they took from that, if a person doesn't do a sin, but he works towards it, he plans it, he thinks about it, and he doesn't end up making, doing that sin, him and the one who done it is the same in terms of in punishment and sin. The only difference is the one who actually did it, he's going to have a worldly consequences as well. But this one is not going to have a worldly consequence. For example, if he commits zina and he's never been married before, the one who did it gets lashed. Like in this one, doesn't get lashed. Like in the day, day of judgment, both of them are the same. Ha! Ha! The one who's preparing. Ha! Sahih. 
Ah, he exerted every effort and energy and He's the same, he really wanted to do it The intention is very powerful Say that one more time. Ah, he abandons it. Sahih. Sahih. Even if a person takes mineral water and he drinks it in the intention that it's khamar, he gets the same as the person who drank khamar. He picks up mineral water, he pours it. In his heart, it's a what? Khamar. With the intention of a khamar. Him and the one who drank the khamar are the same. Ya ikhwah, intention is very powerful. We'll stop there inshaAllah ta'ala. Hey shahid. Remember we're talking about turuk here, things that you need to leave off. Ramadan is an intention each day that you need to come with. Here we have to be very, very good question. These things were things you need to stay away from. Zina, you need to stay away from. You don't need intention for it, Aslan. We mentioned them. It's the Turukiyah. Sah? Lakin, fasting is an ibadah that needs intention every, every day of it. If that intention goes, your fasting goes with it. Like in this one is a turuk, you don't need the intention aslan to come with it. You can just leave it and just ignore it. That's the main important, I mean, the main difference between the two. Yeah, but that day he still has to stay away from food. But he has to bring back that day. He overslept. He didn't come with the intention. Ah. Let's say he slept from Maghrib to Maghrib. Let's say he slept Maghrib to Maghrib. That's true. Some fuqaha say that. Sahih. Mm -hmm. If you forgot, then Inna Allah tajawaza an ummati al khata wa nisyar wa mastukriha ali. If you forgot, then he's excused. Well, Ilma in Dallah, he answered Jalus. Hanakalam, the Hamdik, Shedwala, Ilah, Ilah, Astaghfiruka, Tubilah.